this is your wake-up call. Let the game begin. I had to unplug the phone. Oh my god, I just want her to go away. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's not that easy. Especially if they don't want to go. And you want to know the kicker? What's the kicker? The crazier they are, the harder they cling. Don't tell me that. And I also won't tell you that I tried to warn you about her. I know. God damn it, why didn't I listen to you? Continuing with our stalker. Stalker's feeling like... Greta is watching me. Greta, Greta, Greta. All right, Greta. Oh, ma chérie. Oh, here we are. Movies to be murdered by. Hello. Uh, caller, caller, are you on the line? <laughs> I think I am. I think so. Is this thing on? <laughs> uh, this is Jesse Drew. And I believe we have Attorney Watson on the line. Uh, uh, Attorney Watson, are you there? I am here. I am here ready to defend all things Greta. Nice. All right. So uh, welcome, everybody, to the second part of our stock, Timber. Movies to be murdered by featuring... Uh, movies about stalkers for the month of September. We posted our Fatal Attraction episode last Friday, and here we are talking all things Greta. And we even have an attorney here to uh, defend her. So, uh, Jeffrey Watson Esquire III, would you take it away and tell us a little bit about <laughs> Greta from 2019? Okay, I will do that. Absolutely. This is a really good movie. I, I just have to say that before I get started. And I'm really mad that I hadn't watched this movie before. But I'm so thankful that I have such a wonderful friend, family member, sister, all things. All those things that uh, gives me great movies to watch. So, uh, And I remember this week, spoiler alert, if you have... <laughs> I remember that at the beginning this week. So if you have not watched this movie, please pause this episode, go watch this amazing movie, and then come back to listen to us break it down. So, all right. This film was directed by Neil Jordan, had a box office of $18.6 which is just criminally lower than what it should be. But we'll talk mm -hmm. about that later. 
So, uh, we meet, in the beginning of the movie, we meet Frances McCullen, who is played by Chloe Grace Moretz. And I really love her and all of her stuff, by the way. Um, and she is a, a waitress fan. that... You said a what fan. now? I said a fan. Yeah, she, she's yes, awesome. One thing, one thing you share with Greta already. <laughs> yes, I mean... I, I don't really want to have much else in common with Greta, but we have that in common. So, <laughs> but she is a waitress. She lives in uh, New York in the in the Big Apple, and she lives with her friend Erica. And uh, Frances is a a waitress, and um, you know we find out pretty early on that she lost her mother the year before, so she's kind of dealing with that. She. Uh, moved to the city and you know this is a new experience for her but um one morning she is riding on the subway and she finds a really nice really nice handbag and um she looks through the handbag and sees the id and it belongs to one greta heidegg who whew, um we'll get to that um so, you know, after kind of going back and forth with her friend, Erica, about what to do with this, I mean, Erica's like, hey, you know, we need to go get, you know, this and we need to do that. And, um, you know, we need to get a colonic and yeah, the whole shooting <laughs> stuff up your butt thing. That, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, so Greta decides to be nice and take take the purse back to its rightful owner and she visits Greta and returns it and uh, Greta is very appreciative of this and you know she's like come on in you know let's you know have a cup of coffee let's let's hang out for a minute so uh, we get to find out a little bit about Greta and she you know seems to be this really lonely lady and she uh, discusses that she's from France she's a widow um, she has a daughter but her daughter still lives in France and is uh studying there in paris and um you know i i guess she starts to play the piano and do some of those things and and francis is intrigued and she sees this lonely lady and um she's like you know she sees a picture of her dog and she's like well you need to get another you know another pet and she doesn't really feel like she can do that at the moment greta doesn't so she um she's like so um, you know, maybe one day, maybe you can come help me pick it out. And, you know, they, Francis gives her her number and, um, and yeah, they start to really hit it off. And, um, after this, they, they start to spend a lot of time together. Erica is very critical of this because she feels like, you know, like Francis is trying to have a, a, a mother here almost. And, you know, she's like, you need to be careful about this. And, you know, but still, you know, Francis is like, look, she seems cool. I'm having fun. We're, you know, we're making dinner and that kind of stuff together. It's, it's a really good relationship. Well, uh, the night that they make dinner, uh, Greta tells Francis to go get something out of one of the cabinets. And to Francis's surprise she sees a ton of the same handbag with names and numbers and all of that on each of the handbags. And they're all identical. 
and this is like the the first sign it's like okay something is really wrong with Greta and Francis says look you know I'm not feeling well I need to go home and you know it it's kind of awkward at the moment when she's trying to break away but she finally does and she's like I gotta I gotta distance myself from this lady um, I wanna break free yes <laughs> <laughs> she yeah she's gotta she's gotta get away so Frances is doing everything she can to cut ties with Greta and uh, Greta just she can't take no for an answer so she begins to stalk Frances um, she you know she wants to be that mother in Frances life so um, she begins to call her a lot she begins to show up at the restaurant where Frances works um, you know and at one point she goes into the restaurant and she, I mean, at, and this is after Frances has gone to the police. Um, she saw her standing across the street one day and the police officer said she could stand there with a, with a camera and just take pictures all day. She, she's on public property. Nothing we can do about it. Um, and she, Greta comes into the restaurant one evening and she's making a big scene and you know, and finally it got to the point in this in this scene where they had to call the police and take her away. She had to go. Like they they had to get her out of there. So they got that um, broom and dustpan and just swept her right out of there. Yeah, I mean they they just swept her right out. So <laughs> um so yeah, they so Francis and Erica start to uh try and get a restraining order and all that. They get told that hey, this could take a while. Um, so, you know, it, be patient. And she's like, well, what, what am I supposed to do to be safe? Like, I mean, what does she need to do to me for me to get this immediately? And, um, but anyway, so Francis starts, starts to do a little bit of investigative work and, uh, she calls around trying to find, uh, Greta's daughter. And I'm trying to think of her name. Nicola. Um, Nicola, there you go. See, see, teamwork makes the dream. Teamwork. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so she tries to find her, and um, she is contacted by Nicola's uh, addiction counselor as well as her former partner. And now we start to figure out that not only is Greta not French, but uh, Nicola actually committed suicide. Um, and a lot of it was due to the absolute torture and abuse that Greta caused her daughter. Um, so now we, now we've got a dilemma. Frances isn't, she doesn't feel safe. She doesn't feel like she can keep doing what she's doing. So she's kind of torn between like, do I go stay with my dad or do I go on vacation with Erica and kind of get away for a few days? Um, and then Erica tells uh, Francis that, hey, look, you just need to tell Greta that you're going away, that you got to, you know, clear your head, take some time. Uh, but really, you're just going to stay home. You know, this this is just an opportunity for you to kind of play the game and just say, you know, it's not you, it's me, that kind of thing. And, you know, I just need to go away and just just collect myself for a little bit. So. Um, so the next morning after 
Francis has this conversation with Greta, uh, Greta just says, you know what, I'm, you're not going to fool me. She comes in and she kidnaps Francis and she actually takes her back, takes Francis back to her home and she locks her in, uh, in the wooden toy chest that she has in a room that is actually behind the piano. And the way that she has this piano set up is just, I mean, you, it's crazy. Um, but you, you never know, she, know. Huh? You never know. You'd yeah, never you never know there was a, that there was a room right behind it. No, no, you'd never know. And, and from what we heard from the, uh, from Nicola's partner is that she used to lock Greta used to lock Nicola in the, uh, toy chest and, yeah. um, yeah, which is just, heartbreaking. which is just, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. Um, and you know, we, we start to find out that Greta, this is, this is not the first time that Greta has done this. She begins to take Francis, uh, a cell phone and she's texting, uh, her dad that she's on vacation with Erica. She's texting Erica that she's with her dad and she's just really keeping this thing going. I mean, she, she's like got this whole thing figured out and, um, finally Francis, uh, gets out of the toy chest and she finds some clothes and IDs of other, um, women that Greta has kidnapped. And, uh, eventually we, we see, uh, Erica and Francis father, Chris, they get together and figure out that Erica's not where they've been getting these text messages from. And, um, you know, they, they start to try to get to work to figure out where she is. Uh, Greta forces Francis to learn Hungarian and, uh, and play the piano. Um, we see another scene where they are cooking dinner again together. Yeah. Um, and Francis chops off one of Greta's fingers and uh, knocks her out. And Francis tries to get out of there, but everything is locked up and sealed. And uh, Francis runs to the basement uh, trying to find a way out. And she finds one of the uh, young ladies or one of the people that, um, that Greta has previously kidnapped. And then we see Greta sneak up behind her and put a bag around her head until she passes out. Then we see, then we get introduced to Cody, who's a private, private investigator. And he's trying to find, uh, Francis and he's trying to figure out who the heck this Greta lady is. Um, and then we find out, uh, through Cody's investigative work that, uh, Greta was a nurse, and she was let go from that position uh, because she had a drug problem. And uh, then we see Cody go to Greta's home. Um, now we have Frances back in the room again. She's uh, tied to the bed and uh, gagged. And, um, yeah, she um, Greta begins to block out some of the noise by turning the music up extremely loud. And, uh, you know, that kind of drowns everything out. So, uh, so we figure out, Cody figures out after this, that there's a door, there's a secret door behind this piano and he's moving the piano. And as he's doing that, he gets a nice syringe to the neck. Um, and 
one of the one of the craziest things about this scene is that he's he's you know like paralyzed and almost and but he manages to get out his gun and he's shooting and as he's shooting these bullets are going through the wall where the secret room is and they're just blazing by Frances <laughs> as she's laying in the bed absolutely helpless and she can't do anything about it. She can't move. She can't do anything. She's just hoping and praying that one of these bullets doesn't catch her. And um, you know, after she should be that, praying. To, she should be praying that one of these bullets does catch her at this point. Well, she's been yeah, I mean, in that I, room yeah. for how long? You know, <laughs> looking crazy and getting tortured. <laughs> like you know what? Yeah. Just, just take me, God. I'm yours. Yeah. yeah Bring me home. Know, yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, you know, Greta is able to get the gun away from Cody and she shoots him and kills him and uh, puts him in a body bag. And he's, he goes bump, bump, bump down the stairs into the basement. So, which I just thought was crazy. And, you know, another thing that we saw during this is that um, while Greta is playing the music and everything, she, she has some fancy footwork. <laughs> I mean, she's like dancing all around her place and, I mean, I, I was I was very impressed with her footwork. So her little feet, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she. <laughs> so, uh, so we, you know, at this point, we don't even know how how long Francis has been locked up in Greta's house. And uh, one day, we see Greta on the subway again, and she leaves a handbag, and a young lady picks it up, and we see the young lady. Uh, from you know from the back we don't see her face or anything but we see her going to Greta's house to return this purse um, Greta you know like she does she invites the girl in to serve her some coffee and uh, this young lady puts something in Greta's coffee and she starts to get sick and then she kind of faints and this young lady we find out is actually Erica, and she's drugged Greta, um, and then she tells her that you know she's been trying to find her and find Francis, and uh, you know we see Greta, Greta pass out, and uh, Erica is able to figure out there's a secret room. Um, she is trying to break Francis free, and as they're trying to get out, Greta somehow miraculously regained consciousness and. Um, grabs Francis and uh you know tries to get her before she passes out um and once she does Erica and Francis place Greta in the toy box and uh they have a which is just fitting they have a they're trying to figure out how to lock the box and they find a little small statue of the Eiffel Tower to stick in the uh the lock portion of the box and um, as they're leaving, cause they're trying to figure out well, what do we do next? Um, they end up, they're saying they're going to call the police and, you know, all these things. And then as we are closing out the movie, we see the, the lid of the box wiggling because Greta's trying to get out and the statue begins to shift and fade to black. Fade to scare. Fade to cliffhanger? Fade to sequel. 
fade to none of those because I think this was yeah, a one and no. done. <laughs> yeah, sure one and done. One and done. Yeah, but I, I, I also was like, "Come on, really? Like, that's <laughs> they're gonna, you know what I mean? They're gonna shove that in there and leave." I mean, like the yeah. At least they could have locked the door. You know what I mean? Yes, lock okay. the door. They could have put the piano back. Right. Make um, sure she doesn't come out and like start, you know, start the whole thing all over again. You know, or escape. Yeah. You know, that yeah, was. Or they they could have just called the police and sat on top of the box that's until what they I'm got saying. there. They wanted to like call the police from like their apartment or whatever, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. I mean, no, you know, I gotta a see. Scene. I gotta see this chick in handcuffs. Yeah, I gotta see yeah. her. I gotta see her hauled away. Totally in the box. I'd yes. be like, okay, I'll tell you where she is, but you gotta keep her in the box. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't ask me anything else. Just yeah. If she stays in the box, you gotta, you gotta. I'll give you all the details. <laughs> if she doesn't, then sayonara or au revoir. Since she's French, since she says she was French, that's the other thing. Like question. Um. It was like a big like reveal when like you find out that she's not even French, that she's Hungarian or whatever. Mm -hmm. Did that make a big deal to you? I mean, I'm wondering about this. Was that a big, was that a big deal? No, not to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like, okay, like just proves that she's just further proves that she's, you know, uh, doesn't have a full can of worms in her hand, you know, but that's not an expression. But, like, but anyway, um, <laughs> but I um, didn't really feel like her being Hungarian as opposed to French was really, you know, it's not like they're like, she's not French. She's actually American. She's from Jersey. You know what I mean? Like that would have yeah. been like, Ooh, that's weird, you know, but it's like, Oh, she's not French. She's just another kind of European. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay. Okay. That's... All right. Um, I love this movie. Also, I am. I am a. I'm a fan. I'm a Greta fan. I think she's a good example of the kind of unstable. Mm, I'll go with unstable stalker mm -hmm. that we're looking for for September. Um, Greta's actually would be classified as the intimacy seeking stalker, which if you, would you like, attorney Watson, would you like to hear, uh, a description of this for your notes for the case? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, the intimacy seeking stalker, the, their stalking comes out of a context of loneliness and a lack of a close confidant. Uh, victims are usually strangers or acquaintances who become the target of the stalker's desire for a relationship. Oftentimes, the intimacy-seeking stalker's behavior is uh, fueled by a severe mental illness involving delusional beliefs about the victim, such as the belief that they are already in a relationship, even though none exists, which makes sense. I mean, Greta, when, when she's stalking Francis and shows up, in her apartment building in the, in the hallway and, you know, they're talking and, and Greta like takes a step towards her and she says, I love you. And she's like, love me. You, you don't even know me. Which is like, okay, she's obviously delusional. Like they've hung out twice and suddenly she loves her. 
And she says it so like passionately, you know, that mm. it's kind of like, what kind of love are we talking about here? You know, it's almost like blurry, starting to get blurred. Um, so the stalker's motivation, their, their initial motivation is to kind of lay down an emotional connection and an intimate relationship. And the stalking is maintained by the gratification that comes from the belief that they are closely linked to another person. So you can see how this would be really terrifying if you were on, you know, the other end of it, because this person really feels like, no, you guys have a connection here. You guys have a relationship. You, you know, there's, there's a, there's an intimacy and they just trying to like, you know, get it back and like, well, like kind of like keep it. And that's, that could be really terrifying. I mean, Francis asks her, like, you know, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're, you can't, like, get someone to be your friend by, like, terrorizing. You're not allowed to do that, you know? And right. she just says, like, I love you. And, you know, you said, like, we were going to be friends forever, you know? Like, you know, you promised. And it's weird. It's like she's, I don't know. It's like she's this, uh, older woman and then like kind of like a child and then kind of comes she she plays it really well uh isabel huppert is the name of the actress who plays greta and she's just amazing i mean she gives a performance where it's you you could see how in real life it would come off like that like someone you think is kind of you know, like how francis kind of thinks she's cool she's european she's you know friendly and she is um open with her emotions about being lonely etc cetera, etc cetera, and kind of poetic and she likes this and she's very you know parisian and blah 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 and then she starts seeing like the the what is it like what's it called like the wool gets pulled over her eyes you know but then she yeah. realizes like oh wow like this woman is actually completely unstable and then she realizes like oh my god this woman's like a total liar too and it's like kind of happens in these degrees like you said when she goes to when francis goes to speak with nicola's um ex-partner you know it's that to me that's that that scene shows it's it's it, it shows you how much of a sadistic monster that Greta is mm -hmm. um, even more so in my opinion than the scenes of her like making Francis like drink the spiked milk that has the sedatives in it because it's like this really sad music's playing. Greta is there like, wait, what? Like Nicola's dead. Oh my God. Nicola killed herself. Like, Oh my God. And then like, and then like you said, it sounds like she was like, you know, tortured and, and 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 severely abused you know by her mother and that to me was like wow um i i wanted to cry i was just like this is so sad and it's so demented and greta is so freaking demented she's so sadistic like yeah i would have been really terrified had i been francis in that scene i would have been really terrified that i had come close to uh, somebody like that. Um, actually, when they were talking, one of one of the scariest lines in the movie, I think, like from what I was thinking about, was they're 
her when before Francis finds the handbags and her and Greta are just out walking, they're talking about Nicola and Francis says, Oh, you must miss her terribly, thinking you know, because Greta says to her that Nicola is in Paris studying music at the conservatory and blah blah blah. And Greta says to her, like, and this and the way she she plays this line is perfect. She says, Oh, I get by one way or another. You know, and as the audience, because we know what the movie's about, we know what she means and we know like what's coming. It's so scary. I was just like, wow. Yeah. The way she says it, too, her delivery is just like, I know something you don't know. And you know, <laughs> I was like, what? One way, all right, another. See, I told you that song. That song's my favorite stalker song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, and, and uh, Greta came right out with it. Um, so I figured we could like chat for a minute. Um, about the characters in the movie, we have Francis, you know the the unfortunate recipient of Greta's love, <laughs> Erica, <laughs> her roommate, um, yeah. Greta the stalker, and Francis's dad. Um, who we'll get we'll get to him. I don't know, Jeff. I I mean, I'm wondering. I'm starting to see a pattern with myself that I don't have that much sympathy <laughs> for the. For the, for the victims in these movies yeah. but like i don't know francis was such a like bleh character in my opinion it's like so like she of course she's supposed to be naive she is you know but she says right. she's from but like she's totally naive she seems like she was like you know sort of like like she'd never been to a city at all in any state before you know it was just like mm-hmm like homeschooled and just never went out like except to like you know the grocery store you know what i mean like because she acts i mean her her roommate tells her like when she brings home the bag she's like no in new york like when we you see a bag like you call the bomb squad because it's true yeah. like in new york we have this whole thing like if you see something say something don't pick up any pack any loose packages that have been left unattended everybody knows this you know and um Okay, if you're gonna see if you see a purse and you want to be a good Samaritan, you bring it to the lost and found. Um, I know uh, what Sir Francis tried to do that, and there was no one there, so you leave it on the counter or like on the floor near the little lost and found booth, and you walk away. <laughs> you mean like you don't just like I don't know? She's just acts completely ridiculous. Um, so I'm, I'm like not a fan of Francis. Also like that scene where she cuts off, she she hacks off Greta's pinky and like mm-hmm. hits her with a rolling pin and knocks her out. I mean, really she couldn't get out? Really? <laughs> right. You right. know what I mean? She, she could have like really like given a heave ho at like the chained up door in the basement cuz that was kind of loose, you know, and also mm-hmm. or like just, you know, tried to break a window. I mean, I don't know. I just, I was just like, I don't know. Eh. But okay, I'll give her. She's weak and and confused and disoriented. All right, you know. But she's just so lame. Like she's just such a lame character. Um. All right. So moving on, Erica. Erica, I thought was a little meh, like party girl, but she was fun and she was spicy enough that it kind of kicked up the energy level for Francis too. So and then Erica does rescue her at the end. And my husband said this, like, 
we've seen this movie together, I think, like, twice. I think I've seen it, like, three times. But every time we've seen it, and I, I know he doesn't remember, but, like, every time we see he's like, wow, she's got a ride-or-die friend with that girl. Yeah. <laughs> Her friend is really ride-or-die. You yeah. know, like, yeah, that is true. So I will give Erica that because I don't know any friends that are going to be riding subways for – However many, however many days, weeks, or months, we don't know yeah, until we don't know. she finds. We, yeah, you're right. We don't. We don't. We never find out like how long she's been missing. Yeah, because I mean, she even asked. She says, "How long have I been here?" And Erica says, "Far too long." Yeah. And it's like, what does that mean? Is that like a day? Uh, and a night. <laughs> right. I mean, is that six months? Has she right. been there a year? You know, like what? What's the time frame? You know. Yeah. Um, so we can give a thumbs up to Erica. Greta, four stars. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Greta gets the full, you know, Greta gets the, the full four stars. She's amazing. She's so evil. And the movie does good in that it reminds you of how evil she is. Even like if you start to kind of feel like sympathetic for her. Because she is kind of like, if you look at it without knowing about Nicola, you might think, well, she's just super lonely and she probably got, you know, her mind started getting like, you know, warped by all this isolation or whatever. Nope. Then we see no. her kill the dog. Yeah. And you're like, poor the Mar movie. Poor Morton. I mean. I know. Oh. Poor Morton. Morton. R.I.P. Morton. We love you. Yeah, man. Um, and gone, the more pathetic gone too looking. Soon gone too soon i mean a more pathetic looking dog they couldn't have found you know <laughs> like they found like the cutest slash most pathetic looking dog and then she kills him by poisoning him and just leaves him there and we and like you know i mean i think the shot of what we see i'm not gonna say what we see with the dog all right i'll just say it with like the foam on his mouth because it's not like as bad as like yeah what probably people would think if i say don't say it but like with the foam in his mouth and just lying there like i think that was a little overkill in my opinion but yeah. okay i think that um the movie did do well to have that happen because again it just strips you of any moment to like have any sympathy for her um all right the dad is a total herb total herb <laughs> <laughs> uh Completely. Now you got you got to tell me what that means. I don't know how to describe that. Just like a, it's like a worse thing than a nerd. You know what I mean? Just a total like what? Uh, just like a puff puff. That's yeah, like, like our, dude, that's our family word for a fart. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, dude, what? Yeah, like what are you doing? Just, man? What are you doing? Oh my god, you just ruined like everything. And I don't know. That's. <laughs> A uh, friend of the show, Natalia Reyes. Thank you, Natalia, for rem for reminding me of the word herb. He is a total herb. Um, but yeah, it's just I think you know. I was, I was actually talking about this with her, and we both agreed like that whole subplot about his relationship with Francis and how they're like becoming estranged because he got re. It's just no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. It was not needed. Um, it took away from time with Greta, and that's you know that's unforgivable. So yeah, um, the dad was a total loser. So anyway, um, 
all right so we went through those for the, the basically the four main characters i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there and then i want to hear from you jeff my okay. favorite character besides greta in this movie is cody played by stephen ray um the private detective really yes i i've got to know why he is the first person that seems to not have his head up his butt. Yes. And he also kind of like comes closest to shutting the get the you know shutting the stuff at the Greta factory down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's just got he's he's I don't know he's just a smart guy, but he underestimates Greta. Well, who would you say is your favorite character in the movie? Besides Greta, because Greta's the number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've got to say it's Erica. Okay. Because, I mean, you if you want to know what type of friend you need in this world, I mean, aside from the, you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but... I told you so. Like in right. the beginning there. Um aside from that, I mean she she just she just like, look, I don't care. This lady can come at me. I I'm not gonna she's not gonna bother me. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. I mean to have the to have the to have the courage to ride on that subway. And do what she did for all the all that time. We don't know how long, but for all that time, to then go to Greta's home, knowing that she's going into a situation that could be very dangerous, and that is very dangerous, to go in there saying, "I don't care. I'm gonna get my friend. Either I'm gonna get my friend, or we're just both gonna be there." <laughs> um, you know, I mean, to have someone like that. And she, I mean, she did what Francis' father didn't do. You know, like thank you. At some, like at some point, he he should have talked to Cody and been like, "Okay, what's what's her address? Did you get that for me? You got okay. Do something. I mean, because it it just seems like he, you know, came to the city. Oh well, she's missing. Okay." And that's it. Like he, like, where's the search? Why are you not knocking on every door? Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like at some point something's got to give. I can tell you. I mean, I can tell you that I would not sleep if one of my kids were in this mm-hmm. situation, and I would be knocking on every door. I mean, if it, if it took me however long to knock on every door in mm-hmm. New York City. To find my kid, I'm going to be knocking on people's door at three o'clock in the morning. I don't care what you think. I'm just, I'm trying to find my kid. But what if your kid was Francis? (laughs) (laughs) Your kids are adorable. Francis, not so much. Like maybe, maybe that's why the dad didn't go knocking on doors. I'd still, listen. She was all right. She wasn't anything special. It was good while I had her. We had some good times. I'll miss her. I miss your mom, you know, and that was your chance for me to strike out on my own. 
<laughs> Maybe make a new kid. <laughs> oh, no, I hear you. I, I felt the same way. I was like, all right, because why? Where's the dad? He went back home. Like, why is Erica like a 21 year old girl? Like, you know, taking up the mantle of, you know, going to find Francis and like. Just that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I watched I watched some deleted scenes to get a handle on like whether or not maybe there was, you know, some sort of a a commitment the father made to like, you know, go looking one way and, and he'll go here and, and Erica goes there and then they'll meet and talk about it or something. I have no idea. But um there was nothing. There was just a scene of him at the police station. Like being like, how does nobody know where this woman is? You know, and because he was talking about when Greta was arrested or whatever, and it, it's just it was it was like you know it's one of those scenes that lasts like you know twenty seconds and doesn't isn't worth much. So it's just the dad getting angry, but not really going anywhere. Um, yeah. So okay. So Erica is your favorite. Yes. Nice. Um, favorite scene? Do you have a favorite scene? There's so um, many good ones. I mean, like I said, I, I've got to I got to shout out Greta for her uh, fancy footwork. Um, that was just that was crazy. <laughs> that was um, crazy. But I'm I'm trying to think here. Um, I really like when I really like when Erica kind of turned the tables on Greta mm. and she kind of stood over her and, you know, talked her junk and, you know, like, you know, said, I got you basically. Um, right. I really, I really enjoyed that because it was like, okay, finally someone is teaching this woman a lesson. The fact that, you know, I get that you're lonely, but you can't torture young women and think that that's okay. Gotcha. My favorite scene was when Greta shows up at the restaurant that Francis works at. Mm -hmm. um, she, but she shows up as like a patron and she yes. just starts bugging out. Yes. Cause that was some, that was really nervy stuff. Like that was the kind of thing that you don't think happens in real life and obviously doesn't, it's a movie, but it's supposed to be real life. And she throws her wine glass down and then she starts like, you know, kind of chasing after her. I think she starts like, she starts just talking in gibberish at one point and yeah. kind of just shows you how, you know, um, disturbed of a person and a mind she is. And then they have to like restrain her and stuff, which, okay, I'm going to sidebar for a second um i'm speaking from a new york point of view i'm a new yorker i've lived in new york my whole life except for one year and this is where i'm coming from there is no way that francis would still have that job no once greta starts stalking her like the first time that she has to call the police she shows up francis talks to her says i never want to see you again and then like okay and then that's over that's tension building enough for your job at an upscale Manhattan restaurant. Okay. Then she shows up and you have the front, like, you know, greeter girl um, hostess, like, um, call the police. 
And then you're like away from your station and your job and you're just like hanging out with the police filling out a report because someone's stalking you. Okay, that's when I'm pretty sure they would have been like, okay, listen, we don't need this many servers. So thank you, but goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And then she has her, then she shows up at the restaurant and like, you know, creates the whole scene, throwing things, blah, blah, blah. And then you know, I mean, I saw the deleted, there's a deleted scene that the guy, that the manager tells her, like, you, he, like, here's your money and you never come back here again. You know, after that whole scene with Greta that I'm saying is my favorite scene in the movie. Um, but I mean, they didn't need that for the movie. I can see why it was deleted, but I just don't think she would have even lasted as long as she did with a stalker um, creating problems for her at that job mm-hmm. you just get you just get fired for less so much less than that um yeah and i don't know maybe maybe that's like how it would be anywhere but i feel like in new york city and in like you know um at a shishi restaurant in manhattan forget it that's just that would never fly um so that aside um yeah i love it when greta shows up and bugs out you know I just, she, she does it so well. She goes from like zero to 60 and then to like a thousand and, and she, Greta breaks free. <laughs> Greta lets all of her, Greta lets her, you know, all of her, uh, all of her crazy break free and fly out and hit everybody. <laughs> but that's crazy when she starts yelling out, um, you know, your mother had to die so that we could be together. I think that was like t- completely terrifying. Cause you know that you, cause you know that that's what everybody's been thinking the whole time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, um, all right. The little touches. I, I think this movie is filled with these like little, these little, just like, these sweet little details that make the movie, I think, as like good as it as it is, and kind of unique as it is. Um, we already talked about one that's Gre- Greta's dancing feet when she battles a PI with the camera's point of view shot, like you know, with her little feet, like kind of dancing a little jig and then ballet yeah. dancing while she's you know about to sh- about to murder the the. Uh, private detective um we talked about you know the scene with nicola's girlfriend and how and how she tells a really super sad story and the sad music and it's like raining outside like the whole thing like that's just a little touch to like kind of put the you know cherry on the sunday of uh greta's sadistic behavior um question for you it just popped into my mind do you feel like you wish that we would have gotten more of Greta's backstory or are you like more, does it make it more, um, more scary that we don't know? Typically I'm, I'm the type of person that wants to know more, but in this situation, I'm perfectly fine with not seeing more because I think the way that it was built, it's just so, I mean, it's so creepy that way. Um, I, I feel like in this case, doing more. Um, 
I feel like it just would have taken away from the creep factor of it. Yeah. I don't I don't need to see a kid be put in a box as a flashback. I like I don't need to see that. Um I don't need to see her on drugs and how she got to this point. The fact that he is this way, the fact that we saw in that little cabinet all of these purses, like I I really don't want to know more because I've seen everything I need to see at this point. Like this, this woman is disturbed and, um, yeah, I I just don't need to see more of the book. I was, I was actually going to ask you that question. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what about you? Did you want to see more or, you know, how, what did you feel about it? I don't need to see any flashback scenes with her and her daughter. Um, that, that just, I think that would have been like really painful and I don't yeah. think that the movie, movie is supposed to be. I mean, this. I think, like we talked about last time, we we kind of we're kind of taking the the position here that stalker movies, you know, are a subgenre in the horror genre, you know. But um, but they're scary on their own for various reasons. You know, one is that it's usually you know pretty realistic. This kind of does happen to people, and it's terrifying. I know we you know we're joking and stuff, but um, these movies are terrifying because these things have happened to people and worse. Um, so yeah, I don't need to see like, I don't think that would have helped the movie and being like, you know, kind of a thriller or, you know, a horror. I think it would have just made it like, you know, just disturbing. I don't, and I don't think that flies with it, but I, I kind of would have liked to see like, you know, um, I kind of would have liked to have known a little bit more of her background um, in a way that isn't questionable. Because if we hear it from her, we don't know if it's true or not. You know, she's she says she's French and she's not even French, you know, so who knows. But it would be kind of interesting. Um, I know one of the ways, one of the devices that we usually find things out like that is somebody comes across a scrapbook. You know I mean? <laughs> and then you see like newspaper articles of like, you know, oh my gosh, Greta's mother was actually the monster of Hungary. Like, you know, and she was a woman who, you know, pulled kids' teeth out and like, you know, I don't know, like put them in her garden. I don't know. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like something weird. Like, so we find out that her mother was a sadistic monster, you know, and that kind of would have been interesting just to know, like there's like a history of that there. But I think in this movie, it's not really needed. I think what's, the scary thing and what plays into it is that Francis was too naive. It's scary how naive she was. It's scary how open she was. Um, yeah. And that she ran into, and that she ran into a monster, you know, um, who sensed her weakness. Oh, speaking of weakness, um, if you call someone a herb, they're kind of, it's kind of like they're weak and they're whack. <laughs> they're totally yeah, whack. He, he was and definitely they're, they're kind of weak. Yeah. yeah, and, he, and they're kind of weak. Whack. So yeah, so actually, he was, yeah, he was whack, and he was weak too. So yeah, it, it totally fits. Yeah, um, I'm gonna start using that now. Is that you guys don't say that in, in the south? No, is it her? no. Okay, no. That's a total New York thing, maybe then, or northeast thing. Yeah, that's a New York thing because what I'm trying to even figure out what we'd say. He, we'd just say he was a. Uh, we'd just say he was a lame. Yeah, he's lame. Yeah. 
I mean, and Herb is like, I don't know that too many people say that anymore. That was big when I was a teenager. So we're going back like, you know, two years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, to be young. To it's like be in my young. mind. <laughs> I'm just tired in my body. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Greta, nice, nice wardrobe, Greta. Greta was so styling in this movie. And age appropriately, yeah. I have yeah. to say, which was nice. Like she was really stylish. Like she just dressed. She dressed better than I dress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and let and let's talk about the uh, the photo with her and Morton. Yeah, like that was that was classy. That was very classy. That That's was... the thing about Greta, though, right? She's she was like a very classy lady that. Francis really thought was I think I think Francis thought she was like a like a real like cool mom figure you know yeah oh yeah. Francis you big dummy <laughs> naive man you goodness gracious she's a herb she also said she was from Boston so either she's lying about where she's from or she is like you know the biggest herb in bought from Boston because Boston is another big bustling city that right. if you're from Boston, you're not, you know, carrying some old lady's purse to her house and, you know, getting caught up in any of that. Right. I mean, when I heard that and then I saw the way that she acted, like if, if they had said you're from, and I can do this since I'm from South Carolina. If you're from like armpit South Carolina <laughs> and I mean, you like you're used to everyone, you know, when you're driving down the road, everyone waves at you when you're driving. <laughs> yeah, so like true. if that's if that's where you grew up, then OK, I can get it because I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. I've gone to bigger cities at times and I'm waving at people and smiling and um, people are like, Jeff. What in the world are you doing? <laughs> Jeff, are you like, trying to get us killed? <laughs> yeah, like, are you trying to get us killed? I'm driving down the road in New York, and I'm like, as I'm driving down the road, I, I do the whole thing of, you know, throwing my hand up and waving. And like, I'm looking at these people passing by, and they're just looking at me and like shaking their head. And I forget who was in the car with me. They're like, yeah, we, we don't do that here. Like, that's a, that's a Southern thing, dude. We, mm. we don't we don't do that here. Like it's, you know, it's cool that you grew up that way, but somebody's going to flip you off if you keep waving <laughs> them because they're, they probably think that you're flipping them off. You're making fun of, or you're making fun of them. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not usual. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, they, they should have had her from, you know, Shiraz, South Carolina. And right. Or you could have said, you know, she could have said, I'm from Kansas, you know, like that's always the go to, right? Like, yeah, oh, I'm from Kansas, yeah. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Upside. And then I can, I can kind of forgive some of her, you know, naive moments. But when you tell me you're from Boston, it's like, no, 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 no. you're not from Boston. Okay. Just like Greta is not from France. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> oh. 
the people in this movie. Anyway, you'd think I didn't like this movie, but I do. I really, really, and I really <laughs> recommend it to everybody that I know. Because I feel like this is a good, this is not, um, this is not as terrifying as like Ma. Ma is like very, um, with Octavia Spencer, Ma is like, you know, pretty, it gets gruesome. It gets really gruesome. So yeah. it's like similar type of vibe, but Ma is like, if I know you're a horror, like a horror fan and you can handle that kind of thing, definitely watch Ma. If not, watch Greta because yeah. you're still getting all the scariness and you're not getting like all of the gruesome gore. Yeah. I actually, I actually watched that earlier today again. Ma? Yes. Oh, such a fun movie, right? Yes, yes, it is. It's yes, such it a is. fun movie. It's, it's funny to say that about like a twisted movie like that, but it really is. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, uh, her performance in that man, it's she it's quite that. tasty. Yeah, it's quite it's quite tasty. She's amazing. Um, that scene where she gets like, she gets like, you know, she has that like kind of where let's go get drinks with Ben. And then he's all like, "Oh, you look great," and blah blah blah. Stay away from my son. Like, yes. That, yeah, that's he. He went from zero to a hundred real, real quick. Totally, he totally snowed her too. Yeah. She was like all dressed up in her leopard print shirt and like flipping her hair and stuff. She looked real pretty, and then yeah, it was real. It was real mean. But um, anyway, uh, back to Greta. Okay. So you and I, previous to you know our our discussion here, had uh, chatted a second about how this is like an underappreciated movie. Yes. Definitely, un- like not seen as much. Like anybody I recommended to, no one's come back and said, "Oh yeah, I know that movie. I liked that movie," or "Or I heard of it." Like it's another. It's almost like another Night Stalker. Yeah. Um, which we did an episode on a uh, few weeks ago couple weeks ago mm-hmm. if you're interested in night stalker with jake gyllenhaal please check it out <laughs> um but yeah it's it's almost another night stalker where people hadn't heard of it um and it's this great little gem so i'm wondering and since you're the attorney you tell me like why why such an underappreciated movie honestly i the reason i think that it is is because one I didn't see a lot of buzz around it when it was first, you know, premiering. Mm. Uh, and maybe, maybe that's just because of where I was. Maybe I wasn't paying attention at that moment, but I didn't see a lot of marketing for it. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, I think, I don't really think people understand. Like if you just look at, look at it on the surface, you're like this is just like another. This is like a a a higher intensity lifetime movie. You you know, oh, like, like maybe like the way it looks or something. Yeah, like the way it looked. Like maybe it's just like a higher, you know, like a higher intensity lifetime movie. Um, because I mean, in full disclosure, I've I've actually scrolled past it before, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, that looks interesting, but you know, I've got something else I want to watch. Um, the other thing I think it suffers from is we, we get all of these movies now that are so over the top and so gory and all of those things that 
movies like this don't get the attention that they should because they don't have those elements in them. Gotcha. So, so I think those are the reasons why a lot of people haven't found it and haven't, you know, haven't given it the appreciation it truly deserves because I mean, this, this movie, no, it doesn't have the gore. It doesn't have, you know, all the things that your classic horror movies have, but what it does have is it's, it's got this creep factor that just sticks with you. And that's, that's true horror. I mean, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the true definition of it is, does it stick with me? Does it resonate with me? And can it happen in real life? And that's something that unfortunately could definitely happen in real life where you have someone who is a sadistic person who has, um, you know, who has resorted to this because of whatever's happened into their happened in their lives. And this is something that could really happen. So, yeah, for me, I mean, this is I'm going to recommend it to everyone that I know likes horror. And, I, you know, I'm this was just a great, a great, you know, thriller horror whatever you want to call it but it was amazing and i'm just really sad that more people haven't watched it wow attorney watson wrapping up his uh closing statement <laughs> yes the defense rest the de- <laughs> totally agree 100 percent with all of that i think the marketing wasn't quite there um i know they went on interviews and did like you know some you know show tv shows and stuff but you know you gotta have more than that um shout out to my friend my dear friend amanda um so i took her to see this movie at the alamo when it came out um and i'm giving her a big shout out because um number one i think this might have been one of our first like friend hangouts like when we were just getting to know each other mm-hmm. so it was like our first like friend date to the movies and she's not a horror person. She actually gets really, I think what she told me is she gets scared of horror movies, you know? And, um, but she put on her brave face and said, and I said, oh, we don't have to watch this then. It's okay. We'll go see something else. And she was like, no, no, no. Um, as long as I can, um, you know, if I get scared, I can jump behind you. Like, and I was like, that's fine, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, um, it was really cute. The Alamo had a put at every, at each little, um, for the place settings, they put a little Eiffel Tower, like the kind that they use at the end to lock oh, up Greta man. in the box. Yeah, and they um, put like a couple of boxes of uh, chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Francis says, um, I, I'm like chewing gum. I tend to stick around. And then Greta is like, don't you remember, Francis? You said you were like chewing gum. You tend to stick around. She was like, you don't even know me. And then she like spits the gum out at her. That was so amazing. I love that scene. Yes. Please. Jesus, what, what, what do you want from me? I want to talk. Then talk to your daughter. I can't. She does not understand. What? What doesn't she understand? I'm lonely. Greta, everybody's lonely. That does not mean that you get to follow people around and terrorize them. Everybody needs a friend. You have your Erica. No. No, you leave Erica out of this. (laughs) 
You said you always stick around like chewing gum. Are you insane? Please. Let's try and start again. I love you. You don't even know me. I tried to talk to you, I tried. But you wouldn't listen. People can't keep doing this to me. But, um, by the way, my grand impression, not so bad. I thought it was going to come out a lot worse. Okay. No, that's so good. That's as a props really to myself. <laughs> the, uh, listeners, the reason I say things like that is because, like, in, you know, off the air, I'm super hard on myself. And so um, it's just funny to me, like, when I catch myself actually doing something okay. Um, anyway, um, so, yeah, shout out to Amanda um, and our date. For Greta, but yeah, I think that it wasn't um, marketed too well, and um, it's a subtle movie. Like you said, it's not it's not all about the gruesome, the gore, you know, um, the wacky premises that like you know horror movies have sometimes. Like oh, and this like there's a new movie out that's coming out that I saw, and it's like you know a teenage girl and a serial killer like swap bodies. So it's like each one is in the body of the other and that's like the premise of them. So it's like, you know, not, not crazy stuff like that, you know, and this is, this stuff is more realistic. Um, Greta's a lot more subtle. I mean, even in real, and this is even kind of far fetched because in real life, like, you know, do, do all stalkers look and sound like Greta super elegant wearing Chanel outfits? <laughs> Probably not, you know, um, I do want to say, I do want to interject with just a little bit of this real life horror that I've been listening to um, other podcasts where they talk about real life stalkings and stuff. Um, and, you know, the stuff is, is not far from movies. In fact, most of the stories that I've heard top the movies that we've seen or at least match them, which is really hideous and, and hor- like horrifying. Yeah. Um, keep coming back to that word horror, but that's the real horror. It's it's these situations. This one guy was, um, and and these are all like you know uh, big cases, I guess. This one guy was uh, stalking his ex girlfriend, I think it was, um, so much so, and then it came to a head when he showed up at her job and literally set himself on fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and live streamed it on Facebook. Oh. Yeah, and then he, you know, he later died of his of the injuries because he had like severe burns all over his body. But he said he dumped gasoline all over himself and like lit a match. And he was trying, and this is the horrifying part, as if that wasn't scary enough. He was trying. He was, you know, her and a bunch of her coworkers like ran back into the restaurant where she was working, and he was trying to push the door open. Um, to grab her and she said like that it looked like he wanted to basically take her with him you know like burn her up as well you know with him and I mean yeah and she was just she she was just saying how like she just 
wouldn't open that door. And then she was, she felt guilty at one point, like maybe like I, you know, could have saved him or something. And then for whatever reason, I don't remember the details, but the details dictated that it looks like he was actually trying to get her to open the door so that he could set her on fire and kill her also. So, I mean, and these are, these are real life. This really happened. I mean, that's uh, just as scary as getting locked in the box, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, God bless all of the people who have ever been, you know, the targets of these, um, I say attacks because it's like a daily attack. These people face, um, this other girl, um, her friend, it was just a friend like she, uh, that she had, she had a boyfriend who, um, she ended up getting pregnant by. And this friend, this guy friend that she had, who she wasn't like particularly that close with it was kind of like a Greta situation where it was like they were kind of developing a friendship and then she got pregnant and became you know obviously distracted with her pregnancy and her relationship with her boyfriend and the guy just kind of went off the rails and was like no no I want to help you and I can help you and I can help you take care of the baby and then he became obsessed with the baby and like I'm going I'll I'll leave you alone if you just say that I can be the father of the baby it was like really strange but he wouldn't like leave her alone. And then to the point where he like broke into her house and was waiting for her and threw her over. Like it was like, you know, her house had like a couple of stories and or whatever. He threw her over like the edge of one of the floors and um, she almost died and her baby almost oh died. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he just like, and then he, and he just like walked out as calm as ever. And she, and went you know, then one of the neighbors or something found her like in the house, like on the floor and like messed up and passed out, you know, cause he had thrown her off of the, like the, the, what is it? Oh, the banister. Yeah. He threw her like over the banister. I mean, and that's like, and, and he had been stalking her for like months, you know, it's just scary stuff. Um, yeah. So I hope you all appreciate now. <laughs> Timber. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Greta, man, Greta, oh Greta, oh Greta. So Jeff, oh Greta, Regretta. Uh, Oh wait, question. So as an attorney, okay, last question. I could probably save this for (laughs) next week, but I I can't help it. Um, It has been suggested to me that. One strategy that isn't employed enough in battling stalkers and being stalked is by stalking your stalker back. (laughs) (laughs) Attorney Watson, have you ever seen a situation where a victim of a stalker has actually (laughs) become the stalker and stalked the stalker back? Um, I I would not recommend that. Okay. (laughs) No, uh, No stalking the stalker back. You're going to have to tell my husband that because he's convinced that <laughs> he's like, they could just stalk the stalker. And I was like, okay, I don't think that that's going to work. <laughs> that, yeah, that doesn't really, uh, uh, no, 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 let's not a good situation. Not All a good right. situation. All right. I'm going to have to let him know. Yeah. Tell him I'm sorry. All right. Well, that was not even like two minutes how much are you going to charge us the full hour or are you just no half hour no i mean you we can just 
we can build this for later. You know, we okay. can just. Okay. Yeah, we don't we don't have to put that on right now. So. All right. Cool. I'll let him know. Um. So. Jeff Watson Esquire, would you uh, give us your headstones rating for Greta 2019 directed by Neil Jordan? Um, I don't really have to think about this very much. I'm giving it a five. Wow. Five. Okay. I know. I'm, I feel, I almost feel like I'm like being too nice at times, but this was a great movie. Yeah, no, there's some good movies. These are some good movies. I, I hear you. Yeah. All right, I, five. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and would you get a tattoo of Greta? Uh, now that part, um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I, you know what? I'd get a little Eiffel Tower. Maybe with the letter G next to it. There you go. There you or go. Or with a severed pinky. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think that's what I would what I would do. What about you? What what's your uh what's your headstone rating? Um, I would give it a four and a half headstones. Okay. And, yeah, and that's just because of um, a couple of small things, like how I said I don't I don't think the whole storyline with the dad was was worth it. It didn't bring anything or detract from anything, so I just think it was just I don't know it wasn't really worth much. Um, also, I don't like the loose end of how when Frances went downstairs to the basement when she was trying to break out um, and she, she like unzippered the body bag of the girl who Greta had obviously like, you know, wined and dined and then killed um, before yeah. Frances, but the girl was still breathing. Yeah. The girl was still breathing. And I'm like, what's that about? And then Francis is like, bye. And then like Greta, like, you know, chloroforms her and puts the bag over her head. And I'm like, okay, what happened to the girl? How is she still alive in that bag? And what the heck's going on? But you, you have no like answers, no closure, no nothing. I mean, we know that Francis finds the ID of that girl and like her clothes when she first gets like locked up in the bedroom. And she freaks out because she realizes, like, oh, my God, this she did this to a girl before me. And then she starts panicking. But, okay, so then, like, what happens to the girl? Like, how is she yeah. still breathing? Like, you know, how is she still breathing? Like, and 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 I just think that was so, un uh, so unnecessary. Like, they could have mm -hmm. just showed a dead body, you know? So that's why I have to give it a four and a half. Yeah. Sorry, Greta. <laughs> Sorry. Gotcha. Um, and then the tattoo. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, maybe. I think if I were going to, I'd get the little feet, like dancing. But that's the thing. You can't have, like, feet in motion, like, as a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want someone's, like, you know, like, stocking foot on my arm. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
So, like, I don't know. If if somehow, if, like, you know, in-motion tattoos were possible, I'd get Greta's, you know, little feet, like, you know, doing their psychotic little dance. But, no, probably skip it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so far, listeners, if you are keeping track, last week was part one of Stocktember. We, re- we reviewed Fatal Attraction, which, um, in which Alex Forrest represents the rejected stalker. That's, these are legitimate, you know, types of stalking behaviors. You know, I know we joke around a lot, but these are legitimate types of stalking behavior. So Alex Forrest was a rejected stalker. And in Greta, we just discussed and reviewed the intimacy-seeking stalker. So that is week two of Stalktember. And I'll go ahead and, and uh, Jeff, you should, we, we, could, we can let them know what's doing for next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so next week we're going to be covering... Um, the obsessed celebrity stalker, and and the movie The Fan, starring Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. So get your baseballs ready, your bats up, and your little bag of peanuts. It's peanuts, right? Like yeah. cracker jacks. Cracker you jacks. Gotta have your on. peanuts and cracker jack. Right. And you gotta root, root, root for the home team. The home if team. If they don't of win. The- you know, if they, they don't win. win, it's a shame because it's one, two, three strikes. You're out. Right. If it's At the if old they don't game. win, we're in big trouble because Robert De Niro's <laughs> not going to have it. <laughs> He's not having any any losses. Um, no. So yeah, we get to see Robert De Niro and yet another one of his uh, performances as a crazed stalker. Um, yeah. He is a fan of Wesley Snipes. And in their hometown of San Francisco is the San Francisco Giants, I think. Something like that. Um, so, yeah. So, next week we'll be discussing the obsessed celebrity stalker. And we are so happy uh, because we have an awesome new uh, dance remix of our outro song by DJ Roy Ray. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it because he's his name is Ray. Hi, Ray. <laughs> um, and he's awesome. He's a friend of ours. Um, he is a very talented DJ, and he kind kindly uh, remixed the outro song for us so that it's got a cool dance beat and a couple of cool samples. Depeche Mode fans, you may want to hang around to the end of the song because you get a little DM treat. Um, so, yeah, so thanks so much for that and just want to say thanks to you guys for listening we really appreciate you absolutely thank you guys thanks guys bye
sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Enjoy the silence.